Whoa, I hit recorded job, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets. When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it. Champagne Perrier, finished friends on my face. Looking like a front of D, D's no Cartier. Pockets deep, 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 bro. I can make it in my seat, bro. Do you and do me, bro. disclaimer before we get started um we recorded this podcast about a week or so ago before a lot of the controversy online happened specifically with black women we debated re-recording all of it but decided that a lot of the information we have inside of it still stands so instead at the end we are going to add some much needed information so stay tuned for that all right let's get started Hi everyone and welcome to Here's the Thing. I'm Akili. And I'm Carissa. And thank you for joining us today. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about the Olympic trials and then a little bit more that we'll talk about later. But <laughs> yeah, we have been glued to the screen the past week. When did they start? Maybe one no. Before the 20th, right? They've been, yeah, it's been a long couple <laughs> couple days of just staying up late at night. For yeah. example, last night they delayed it. We were watching it at like 1 a.m. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. But like, it was because it was hot or whatever, so it's yeah. understandable. But yeah, they've been great. And as usual, black women have been dominating. We've been specifically watching track and field also, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, we should yeah. clarify. <laughs> <laughs> I only watch track and field. I mean, occasionally I'll watch like gymnastics mm. or dive or something, but track and field is where it's at. Yeah, I, I watch gymnastics and I used to watch swimming, but I don't know if I will this year, but I enjoy gymnastics and track. But as we were watching, you know, it was great. There were world records broken, and it's mm-hmm. just the trials, not even the Olympics yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, should we talk about some black women that were dominating? Uh, of course. Okay. So, let's start off with Shakari Richardson. Shakari. Yes, I love her. <laughs> she is so cute. She is. I have a little bit of a crush on her now. <laughs> she is so fast. She's a 100-meter runner. She is, she's just pure, she's so fast and talented, yeah. and she's sure of herself, like, she knows, mm-hmm. she's confident. She went viral, too. I feel mm-hmm. like most, a lot of people have probably seen her. She had, like, orange yeah. hair, and, mm-hmm. like, she was pointing as she crossed the line. Yeah. She had a million followers on Instagram. Really? Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, it was wild. Um, let's see, uh, Gabby Thomas, who ran the 200. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Allison Felix, obviously... Um, Sydney McLaughlin, she broke the record. By, like, a lot. She ran 51.9. <laughs> I'm shook. Like, that's fast for an open yeah. 400. Exactly. <laughs> She's that's- the only, I think they said she was the only woman to ever break 52 seconds in yeah, that event. So, 400 hurdles. And, and the Olympic trials, once again, not even the Olympics. It's just so crazy. <laughs> I cannot wait mm-hmm. for the Olympics. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dalila Muhammad, mm-hmm. also 400 hurler. Yes. Really good. She actually, she had COVID, too, and an injury. I didn't know that. She struggled a lot. And oh, this wow. was only, like, her third race, like, of the year or something. I didn't know she had COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she still ran, like, 52-4, I want to say. That messes up your lungs. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, Quinera Hayes, who ran the 400 alongside Allison. And a, a ting, mm-hmm. a ting, is it a ting? 
That's how I say it. Yeah. <laughs> We've been trying to figure out how to pronounce it. I can't find anything like that. Yeah. You couldn't find anything online. But I think it's a ting mo or mo? Mo. Mo? Yeah, I think it's mo. I, yeah, Yikes. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but yeah. She's 800 meter. Yeah, she is. She's 19. She is so good. And she blew the competition out of the water on the finals yeah. of the 800 meters. Oh, she's so good. Ugh, they're so good. <laughs> but um, also, um, the 400 meter, the first and second place, was it first and second? I don't even remember, but like Allison Felix and Quinera Hayes brought their babies. Yeah, it was. We're gonna put this on our website, mm-hmm. but the, the way their two babies hugged it, it was just so cute. Oh, they were just so adorable. They focus a lot on like motherhood and how like they did. A lot of the Olympians were mothers now. Did you see that? Um, she was a heptathlon who was pregnant, competing pregnant. Oh, I did. See yeah, that, that was. That was- I, she was on the line, and I was like, yeah, is she pregnant? I saw her on the line, and I was like, what's going on? I know. I was confused, and I was like, even if she makes it, like, she's going to be even more pregnant during right. the... But I think she was she just... Was, like, yeah, she was just doing it to do it, to yeah. say she did it, because, like, I don't think she planned to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she didn't even finish the 800-meter half yeah. race. She just ran the first 100 and stopped. Yeah. But was, Yeah, I was like, because I was confused. And then, like, yeah. they showed, like previous of her doing high jump and I was scared I was like oh my gosh <laughs> it's like she's jumping <laughs> yeah but that was awesome <laughs> but speaking of just babies and motherhood uh we've been talking about Allison Felix mm-hmm. she has been they focus on her a lot because you know what she went through the past five years since the past Olympics yeah and she had so she had her child but she also well also she's also just like good <laughs> she, oh, she's okay. the most decorated yeah, yeah. female Olympian? Yeah, she's a six-time gold gold medalist. Yeah. And 12-time overall medalist? You're asking the wrong person. I just know she's decorated. I don't want to give incorrect information, but I know the six-time gold medalist is correct. Okay. She's she's the most decorated. She's amazing. Yeah. But then, okay, now back to the motherhood part. Yeah. So uh, 2016, people thought that was going to be her last year or her last Olympic Games. And then, especially after she had her daughter, who is now two years old. She's... Yeah, Cammie. she's yeah, Cammy, who's two years old. <laughs> By the way, we met Allison Felix. Sorry. <laughs> she just she just really like I'm so sorry, I genuinely She brought she brought up like really bad memories just now. Oh my gosh. So <clears throat> so Teresa met Allison Felix. I was not <sighs> for context. <laughs> We both used to run track at the University of Michigan. Allison Felix, um, she lives in the area in Michigan. She needed a track to run at, so she came to our track in the winter. Mm-hmm. I was not there. It was winter break or something. But Teresa got to meet <laughs> Allison Felix and took a picture with her. Yeah. I, I'm truly sorry. I genuinely forgot. I can't <laughs> believe you brought that. Anyway, I will. We will post a picture on the resources page. We're gonna have to Photoshop me into that. Um, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so she was. Um, yeah, she had her daughter, and her daughter is two years old. Clammy's two years old now, and people were saying that she wouldn't or couldn't come back after motherhood, but obviously she did. I don't understand. Like so many women, I, I like... don't know why they were coming back either. <laughs> Okay, so for those who don't know, there was a big controversy with Allison Felix and Nike, and she had a previously a seven-year contract with them, and around the time she was pregnant was around the same time she had to do contract negotiations for, like, 
uh, the upcoming years and stuff. And um, in 2019, she wrote that um, Nike offered her a 70% pay cut in her new deal. And when she asked the brand to guarantee that she wouldn't be punished if she didn't perform at her best in the months surrounding childbirth, they refused to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Sigh. Yeah. I mean, um, her story sparked public outcry and eventually, you know, they changed their ways and announced a new maternity policy and a lot of other brands followed suit and did the same thing. But then I don't know if people are familiar with the maternity ad that Nike came out with Mm -hmm. recently. And for those that aren't, we will put it in the resources page on the website. But it was an ad for Mother's Day and they were uh, showing respect to mothers who are also athletes. But Alice and Felix kind of had a problem with that because they didn't acknowledge the struggle that she had with them. And she uh, quoted, I think it was on Twitter, she said they seemed to ignore the struggle it took to get to this point. And her experience, along with many others, forced Nike to support athletes' maternity, but you know, they didn't even acknowledge this, like, at all. Nike is so fake. Yeah. <laughs> Are they serious? Yeah. So they had the maternity ad for Mother's Day, and then they also posted something for International Women's Day. And you, it just blows me that they never acknowledged it. That's, is she is she still with Nike? I oh, know yeah. she has her own brand now, and so, yeah. so she's just totally... She switched to Athleta, and now she has her own brand. I can't okay. remember. I, I, do you know what it's called? I can't remember. Yeah, I can pull it up. Uh, it's called Sash. Sash. S-A-Y-S-H. Mm-hmm. It's shoes. Pretty yeah, it's shoes. Okay. Yeah. They but, look cute when she was wearing them on the yeah, trial. Yeah, she was wearing them for the trials. But um, yeah, she obviously left Nike after all that huge controversy. And honestly, she was she was a better sport than I would have been because she was yeah. <laughs> she was just happy that, you know, they finally were able to change their policies for people in the future that might mm-hmm. face the same thing, which I thought was admirable, but also just a hot mess that it had to go through this. And she had yeah. to go through all of that while she was pregnant. Yeah, she had actually I was just looking at this post. Um, but she was, she basically, well, I'll just read it. She said, I never would have thought that using my voice would have led to Nike changing their maternity policy for athletes. And I definitely never would have thought it would lead to creating, um, Sash. Wait, by, it's at by Sash, but it's called Sash. Mm-hmm. And, um, keep going and keep speaking up even if your voice shakes. Oh, I like that quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't realize she had a C-section or I'm assuming she did because mm-hmm. of that scar. I didn't yeah. even know. Yeah, she had like a, she like based she talked about how the struggle that she faced during mm-hmm. childbirth and how she almost died. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Um, That's scary. Yeah, she faced a lot. And she was also bringing attention to, you know, black women maternal health because, you know, <laughs> black women are more likely to die during childbirth. And yeah. she was just bringing great attention to a lot of social issues mm-hmm. that some people weren't aware of beforehand. So, yeah, but she's just one example of a lot of the issues that black women face, especially in sports and when we come back in our here's the thing section we're going to talk a little more about these struggles and give a little history and expand on what this means for their experiences so we will be back and join our commercial sign like that oh no reason just trying to be an ally but i can't really find any black women to support i know just the thing there's actually this podcast called here's the thing 
that has two black women co-hosts who are also writers. Wait, we're here's the thing. What? <laughs> wow. I didn't even realize. <laughs> so, wait, if we're here's the thing, that means it's our work you should be reading? <laughs> I guess you're right. So, what do you make? So, I do poetry. So, it's actually on the website, um, podheresthething.wixsite.com forward slash HTT podcast. It's long, but the poetry collection is... <laughs> um, the URL is long, but the poetry collection has girth. Wow. <laughs> So it's about a female, um, black female heroine, and she basically explores like things and world events that happen in our world, but she approaches them in a new and different way. So you can kind of say it's like a parallel universe, um, but the lead has powers and the title of the collection is Ask Her Name. So definitely, I think everyone should check it out, especially if they want to be a good ally. That's awesome. Wow. So Akili Eccles and mm-hmm. her poetry collection on the website. Yeah. Do you, do you need the do you need me to say the URL again? No. Um, it's P-O-D-H-E-R-E-S-T-H-E-T-H-I-N-G dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot C-O-M forward slash H-T-T podcast. You know how to spell podcast. <laughs> You're so helpful for spelling that out. Thank you. No problem. Um, so the other girl, which I guess is me. I guess. What's so, her name? Teresa mm. Johnson. So I, I guess I have my own blog at mm. cupoftyblogging.com. And on there I talk about a lot of different things. I talk about my own journey with health and mental health. I talk about for lack of a better word, some self-help things. And honestly, just whatever's on my mind at the moment. Like, for example, my latest post is about love and just how different people define love. So, yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the tea. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a great way to be an ally. Mm-hmm. I think supporting Black creatives is a great way to do that. And, yeah. you know, if you don't, you could be labeled as anti-Black Oof. or even racist. Oof. So, yeah, definitely check it out. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to be either of those. So, support our work. Um, Alright, let's get back to the show. Okay, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed our commercial. So for this section, we are actually going to start with our here's the thing and then get a little more into the history and more into depth about what else we're going to be talking about. So um, we're going to use the word commoditization, and I just wanted to define it in case some people aren't familiar. So in this context, it refers to the process of turning someone or a person into an object that can be marketed or sold for economic gain. So here's the thing. Through examining the history of Black women's experiences in past Olympic games, specifically track and field, we will emphasize how commoditization of Black women is not a new phenomenon. And while over time circumstances have improved, the success that comes with becoming a world-class athlete for a Black woman is often accompanied by a responsibility to advocate for social issues. All right, so let's get into history. 
So in terms of commoditization, we can think of the most basic example and the most straightforward one of being of black people being slaves and literally being used as um, commercial for commercial purposes. And that dates back to like the 1600s and um, all throughout most of the United States history. And then we can also think now in present day of athletes, um, specifically black athletes, who are like used on the world stage, um, specifically the Olympics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say specifically a lot, but in thinking about how they're not necessarily treated correctly and respectfully at home, yet on the world stage, they're making the US look good, they're making money and profits mm-hmm. for the country. And that's also another like textbook definition of the commoditization of people. So this exists to this day, but it definitely was more prevalent and noticeable um, during like the civil rights movement and even before that, when it was very, very clear that Black people were not having equal rights, but they were still on the world stage um, performing for a country that didn't respect them at all. Right. And actually, the 1968 Olympics is a great you know, example of this. I don't know if many people are aware of the 1968 Olympic protests. I feel like we don't hear about it. Like, I never learned about it other than, like, doing research, like, on my own. Did you? I I feel like I may have, mm-hmm. but maybe explain it and I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that picture of the two black man and the one white man. Is like, that the one? Yeah. Oh, okay, yes, 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 Yeah, yes. and it's a pretty famous picture, so most people probably have seen it, but if you haven't, like, we'll like, yeah. get in, like, resources. It's, like, two, they're on, like, a podium, mm. and the two black men are in first and second? And third. For first and third, and, like, they're holding up fists, and then there's a white guy, too. I don't think he's holding up one. He's not. He's just standing there. Yeah. Um, but so it was 1968 Olympics and that was a time where racial tensions were high. You know, the civil rights movement was coming to an end. The civil rights movement ended in 1968 and the black power movement was also going mm-hmm. on at the same time. And so the two men, just to give some context to the protests, the two men were Tommy Smith and John Carlos. And they were initially going to boycott the Olympics, but decided to compete in it in hopes that they could use their achievements as a platform for broader change. Um, And they ended up winning gold and bronze, like we said, and used that as an opportunity to highlight these social issues by holding up their fists, which um, signifies black power movement and human rights, etc. And uh, the white man that we mentioned, his name was Peter Norman, and he actually did stand in solidarity with them. He just didn't raise his fist. And he was blacklisted for this. And they were all... Yeah, he Mm -hmm. um, ended his career, and he had a pretty rough life afterwards you know he became alcoholic like an addict and you know he died without them ever apologizing and yeah all three of them faced a lot of backlash for this yeah it was terrible but that's just one example of the protests you know during this time but I think something interesting to note is that black women were not even asked to participate in the protests like who didn't ask so the event was an olympic project for human rights and it was a group that reflected Black Pride and Social Consciousness. Um, the source that actually stated that Black women weren't asked was an interview of a past Olympian. And so she didn't elaborate much. And there wasn't, you know, a ton of research on that, it, what she was saying. But it was implied that, you know, the other people within the movement didn't really ask Black women to be at the forefront. And it was mostly Black men that were doing this. And, okay. mm-hmm. and she kind of, explained it a little bit as a means of protection for black women but also um 
she mentioned, and this is a direct quote, she said, I believe the way Black female athletes did their part was by being at their best when the competition began, which was basically her saying that Black women's role was to just kind of sit there and, you know, do their best. And um, I didn't mention the name of this previous Olympian. Her name is Olympian. Her name is Madeline Manning Mim. She was also a track and field athlete. Um, but her quote about um, Black women's part in this had to do mostly in her opinion about protection of Black women because Black women were more... War- Sorry, I can't talk. Black women were more likely to be targeted for participating in protests and more likely to be, you know, blacklisted and, like... You know, I talked about... We talked about Black men being affected by this, but Black women would have had it worse. So she personally saw it as a means of protection. Mm-hmm. But I think we can also kind of use that to translate into what it means today and how the in certain situations, you know, black women are kind of expected to sit back and just do their best and that's how they gain respect. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. it kind of reads as like their voices just being silenced. Right. Because I'm sure some of them would have taken the risk if they were had been allowed to. Mm-hmm. And another quote is from Madeline Manning Mims is what's important also is that black athletes, especially women have to see themselves as change agents. So after people see what they're portraying on the field, then they'll determine if they should listen to what you have to say. So kind of like what you said. So yeah. So their job was to, you know, perform well, and then maybe they would have a voice in these protests and all of this. Um, That's really unfortunate and kind of sad to hear like the fact that, Black women only had worth if they were, like, doing something of va- um, considered of value and, right. like, making money or making the country look good. Right. And then they could be listened to mm-hmm. instead of the sole fact that they're human beings and yeah. deserve to be heard. Exactly. She was saying, like, you win, they'll come to you, talk to you, and hear what you have to say, but you lose and they'll speak for you instead. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> no. And honestly, like, I thought that was something that was, true for all black women honestly like famous or not famous like if you're doing well in something people are more likely to listen to you but I think it sometimes is even more so in sports just because black women are criticized so much for body types you know their appearance their talent their hair same things like that when I oh god you're just bringing up a lot of memories about Gabby Douglas and her hair Uh because that affected how she jumped somehow. Right. I don't understand. Right. And then, like, you know, at the time, because when was that, 2012? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, like, we were young, too, mm-hmm. but, like, she was young, and people were just, it was just grown people coming for her right. and making fun of her. That's, like, horrible. And I just remembered, like, thinking about the fact that my hair looks similar. I, <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't have that many clips, nor that much grease, but, like, yeah. I was just like, my hair is in a ponytail, too. What are you right. thinking about me? And also, like, she needs to keep her hair out of her face for gymnastics, right. so, like, why are they all up? Like, why are you not just focusing on how she's performing as an athlete? Exactly. I also think gymnastics has like strict rules in general mm-hmm. about like appearance and how you look and how your like uniform mm-hmm. is, which I wonder if there's some racial undertones in that. Oh. But I think it just compounded on the fact that people thought her hair wasn't mm-hmm. good. Yeah. We're going to talk more about like a specific examples, but first, I just want to like double back a little bit just on what we were talking about. about having more of a platform and that's how you get heard. And I think we can just both agree that Alison Felix is a great example of this. Yeah. 
Because initially, like before any change happened, she was saying, if I can't secure maternity protections, who can? So she's well aware of her platform and she's well aware of that. It She's well aware that it takes a platform like the one that she has to enact change like this. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I respect her, but it's just she does her best to um, utilize her platform in a good way. But it's just sad that yeah. that's what it takes. Yeah, but I think... Me and a lot of women are thankful to her for what she did because mm-hmm. that must have been a lot of stress, mm-hmm. especially when she was pregnant. Um, yeah. So good for her. I'm glad she was able to make that change, but it sucks that it also like had to be her. Yeah. All right. So we're going to transition a little bit and talk more about black women in other sports outside of track and field. So let's start with Simone Biles. For those who don't know, she is a world-renowned gymnast. She's one of the best athletes in the world. Mm -hmm. And I am not sure if anyone heard, but she was recently uh, criticized and not credited for a move that she was able to do, a move that she came up with on her own. And it's actually named after her. And it's a really hard move to do. So just for, I don't know if we have any gymnasts, but <laughs> just for some context, it's um, a triple twisting double somersault on the floor exercise and then a double twisting double somersault dismount off of balance beam. And both of those, um, there are ratings in gymnastics and both of those have the, one of them has the highest rating. It's, in, it's the hardest and you can get the most points. And the other one is just right below it. But they deemed it, as a dangerous move so they didn't credit her for it and she spoke up about it and she was understandably really upset and she spoke about being in a league of her own which she is and she mentioned that that doesn't mean that they can't credit her for what she's doing and they encourage the athletes and the gymnasts to do difficult things to give more artistry but as soon as she does they don't credit her and she doesn't think that's fair so it's a legal move that she did and they just didn't give her enough points for it because they thought it was too dangerous. Yep. Like, it's not even an illegal move. It's just a move that only she's able to do. And Mm. they just, they don't want other gymnasts trying to attempt it. Okay. So they didn't credit for it. Sounds like jealousy. Yeah. (laughs) And my thing is, if they're so concerned with other gymnast safety why do these higher levels even exist like why not just get rid of those higher levels that people can attempt if you're not going to credit them for it also if i'm remembering correctly like it's a move that people don't attempt unless they know they can do it because it's that dangerous so i don't understand like i i feel like they're not taking into account the fact that people are sane and they're not going <laughs> to attempt things like just because she can do it doesn't mean everyone's going to try to do it like right. people realize what they can and can't do especially when it's something that could like risk their life right and then on another hand instead of penalizing gymnasts who attempt moves that they right. know they can't do they shortchange her instead and it's just it's a mess and she was she was really upset about it right? <laughs> and she like tweeted about it too but um yeah that's just one example of yeah. very many I would too. She was like, she said it was like, she like laughed on her Twitter. She was like, ah, bullshit. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is bullshit. Like, oh my gosh. yeah. Um, another world renowned athlete, the best tennis player, the best tennis player in the world, <laughs> Serena Williams. Um, it's no secret that she has been criticized for practically her entire career. Yeah, I don't know how she keeps doing it. <laughs> it's uh, for her looks, for her so-called attitude and one specific example was 2018 the grand slam uh this one act this got a lot of press so it was she was playing against naomi osaka actually 
Um, and in the second set, the chair umpire determined that she was directing, her coach was directing her from the sidelines, a.k.a. she was cheating. Mm-hmm. And so she got a violation for that, and she was noticeably upset. And I think she, like, smashed her racket or something, but, you know, people thought that was something out of the ordinary, but athletes get upset all the time, yeah. you know. Also, they, I'm pretty sure that's common in tennis, Yeah, smashing their racket, which yeah. is just a problem in general, not just a her issue. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, they throw, like, for lack of a better word, they throw tantrums all the time. Right. It's not just her. And then she got another violation for that. And then she called the chairman a liar and a thief for you know, taking away points or giving points to her opponent and violating her. And then she got another violation for that. And in the end... For speaking up for herself? Right. And in the end, she was fined $17,000. I didn't know it was that much money. Did she she pay it? I would have protested. So it wasn't something she had to, like, pay up front anyway. It was something that was deducted from her paycheck. So, yeah, $17,000 because she was understandably upset once again that she was called a liar and then to make matters even worse um there was a very racist cartoon that was made of her and it was her and you know she she was depicted as though she was like an ape or a monkey in the way they drew it and it was her basically throwing a tantrum and then they had her opponent who in the picture was a white blonde woman talking to the (laughs) chair umpire Saying, like, in the quote, the thought bubble, or the speaking bubble was, can you just let her win? <laughs> it was so racist, and she um, spoke to the committee committee also about it being racist, and they determined that it wasn't. <gasps> yeah. Tennis, I've determined tennis is a racist sport. Yeah. <laughs> she just, she goes through quite a bit, <laughs> a Serena Williams, in terms of, like, that, and people criticizing her appearance about her being too strong, I don't, and then when she, uh, she's married to a white man now, and now she's criticized for being to, married to a white man rather than a black man. Okay. <laughs> Even though they came for her and like, oh my gosh. I didn't, can't. didn't she also have complications with her pregnancy as well? Just she like did. Allison? She did. Yikes. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's very unfortunate. But speaking of tennis, um, Naomi Osaka is also another person. She is a number two tennis player in the world right after Serena. And she was issued a fine for not interacting with the press. Um, and she said it was for mental health reasons. Mm-hmm. And she was threatened for being, she was threatened to be fined again. And she had to withdraw from the French Open, which is a famous tennis event, because she didn't want to talk to press. And she spoke a little about it. And she talked about how she had very bad social anxiety and she had long bouts of depression after 2018, which is years ago. Yeah. And um, she wrote privately to the tournament apologizing, saying she'd be happy to speak after the term- tournament in, you know, in private and after, you know, things weren't as intense. And she still got fined and criticized. And so she had to withdraw. And I thought it was, and she had to step, she said she was stepping away from the court for a while too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw her post about it mm-hmm. on, I think she did it on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. She got a lot of support though from various athletes. So that was nice to see a lot of people, mm-hmm. and not even athletes, just famous people, regular people in general supporting her mm-hmm. for just like standing up for herself and protecting her mental health like come on like if, yeah. if it's really having an issue for her I don't understand why they need her to talk to press that bad yeah and it's just like sad because even though she has this large platform she's still not heard and uh, by the way I don't know if we mentioned that um Naomi Osaka is half black half Japanese mm-hmm. but yeah that's just another sad example yeah 
I like her, though. I feel like all these athletes, they're... I respect them so much because yeah. of how much they go through. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just sad. Mm-hmm. So, lastly, we're going to talk about Caster Semenya. So, she is a distance runner, 800 meter. I think she also does, like, the 5,000 meter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is from South Africa. She is a track athlete. She has a couple gold medals, I think, from the 2012... And what's after that? 2016 Olympics. Really? Yeah. So she run those in the 800 meter, but she has gone through a lot mm-hmm. as well, just like all the other women. But I would say hers is like even, I don't even know how to say worse, but it's different because yeah. it's about her body and her appearance and like how she was born. So she is intersex um, mm-hmm. and she has higher testosterone levels naturally that's just natural levels are higher but because of that a lot of people and by a lot of people I mean the Olympic committee um has targeted her for that um and saying that it's unfair and so just to clarify um intersex is just an umbrella term for differences in sex traits or reproductive anatomy So intersex people are born with these differences or they like develop them in childhood. And there are many possible differences that include like differences in genitalia, like versus the internal and external um, hormones um, or chromosomes. And then, like I mentioned, some are noticed at birth while others show up later in life. Um, And this is just important just to note because like, Caster was born the way she was born and so just like anyone who's a really good athlete has natural traits that allow them mm-hmm. to succeed um she also has traits that allow her to succeed right and she's been criticized like since the start of her career which I think was 2009 but she's been criticized for her entire career and there's actually a policy change that restricts her from competing in certain events so specifically World Athletics implemented a new policy for DSD athletes, and that stands for athletes with differences of sexual development, so intersex athletes such as Semenya, and it requires them to reduce their testosterone levels to less than 5 nanomoles per liter. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but reduce it to that if they want to compete in elite events between 400 meters and a mile, so it's very specific and (laughs) targeted, if you ask me. Yeah. And she obviously challenged this, but she lost her case. So basically that meant that she would have to take medication that like lowered her testosterone levels if she wanted to like compete internationally, which is whack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure she is has another case as well. Like she's trying on a like a higher court to mm-hmm. testify against this. Um, but it's still kind of in the air right now. And so for the like 2021 Olympics, Mm -hmm. like even if she were still to win, there's still a chance that officials may say she's like ineligible. So essentially they've really kind of like not ended her career, but really put a damper on like her light and what she could be doing and accomplishing because Mm -hmm. they're afraid of what a black woman can do. Yeah, that's horrible. Like this whole like her situation is always just it's so unfortunate and sad and it's so invasive in the fact that like people are questioning her and like her identity like I just can't imagine like the mental or emotional toll that has taken on her yeah it's just horrible 
So she is, as of now, like it's still developing. I'm not sure if she'll be able to compete in the Tokyo Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at least she can say she has like competed before and mm-hmm. won gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she can say that. But that's mm-hmm. just really disappointing. Yeah. I don't know how she's handling it, but wishing her the best. Yeah, it's just a lot. And people, like even outside of like the Olympic Committee, people talk about her. One of um, the women that she competed against said it's not fair. And she called her a man. Like, to the press and said that that's not a woman, that's a man. It's not fair to be competing with her. Oh, my gosh. Which is horrible. And just people on, like, social media sites, you know, they criticize her appearance. Yeah. They talk about the way that um, she's built and Mm -hmm. her stature. And they just call her a man. And it's just, people are so rude. Yeah. And I think this is kind of a good example of, like, yes, if you are good people will listen more likely to listen to you but if you're too good and you're too powerful and you're too much of a threat to like the I don't know the status quo they're going to turn on you and just like box you out from competing and it's it's a balance that black women have to find all the time because you just like with Simone Biles and like her doing a move that was just a little bit too good Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden she's not being able she's not respected as much or she gets less points Mm -hmm. and so it's just a struggle that black woman has to face what a mess also we didn't talk much about Simone Biles build and how she is Mm -hmm. talked about a lot of gymnasts in general yeah people talk about Serena too yeah (laughs) like okay I'm athletic I have muscles isn't that the point it's like specifically <laughs> black women too. Like gymnasts yeah. in general, I would say are talked about a little mm-hmm. more, but especially black gymnasts like mm-hmm. Simone Biles, Gabby Douglas. Yeah, oh. Serena Williams got she got the brunt of it. I she just I don't even. <laughs> yeah. I, most people that are familiar have seen like how badly people talked about her, and I also just don't even get it. Like she's just strong, right? <laughs> it's also interesting. I'm just making connections. The two p other black women we talked about. Um, Allison Felix and Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. They're both lighter skinned. They're both, um, I don't know, thinner, I guess. Yeah. And they're not critiqued for their body. They are obviously critiqued for being black women, mm-hmm. but not in the same way. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, they are never critiqued for their appearance, their no. body, their hair. Which kind of just further shows the complexity of the issues and how things like skin tone and colorism also play an important role. Yeah, so some key takeaways from this discussion overall is just the history of Black people, but more specifically Black women, Mm -hmm. not being heard and respected in the sport until they do well, and even when they do well, um, also not being listened to and often ridiculed. Mm -hmm. Um, But on a positive note, I think at least for me, it's been really nice to see this year the way people have been coming together to support black women. And like, I just feel like these Olympic trials have been insane and Mm -hmm. amazing. And like for like Shakari, how she went viral for doing what she was doing. And it's really been nice to see the way people have been supporting black women. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And just on another note, being despite the responsibility that comes with such a huge platform, like we talked about earlier, I think it's nice that, you know, once they are addressed, they're getting heard. You know, mm-hmm. these issues are getting heard and there's support. Um, like no, Naomi Osaka received support. Allison Felix received support. Um, Simone Biles, you know, once they do speak out on these issues that they are facing, they are receiving, they are receiving support. Mm-hmm. And I think it's um, bringing much needed attention to those specific issues. Yeah. So while it is 
disheartening at times. I do think there's a lot of positivity and change that can happen and is happening. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that with our own eyes, yeah. <laughs> experiencing it. Yeah. Well, um, we hope you guys enjoyed that. Um. Yeah, we enjoyed. Talking- <laughs> <laughs> we enjoyed talking about it. Um, and we hope you can check out the resources on our page. They will be really informational this time. We'll talk about. We'll put a lot of things that we talked about in the podcast on there, so check those out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we will see you next time. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. So we are back with some updates on the current situation with Black women and the Olympics. So recently, there have been two Namibian sprinters who have been disqualified or not allowed to compete in the Olympics because their testosterone levels are too high. Their names are Christine Mboma and Beatrice Masalingi. Um, They were both uh, women's 400-meter athletes, and they are joining Casa Semenya um, as people who are banned from competing. And... It's just kind of annoying to hear that it's happening to even more people. And I don't know if it's valid to say that I don't see this happening to white women, but it just seems really targeted. Yeah, I don't think I've never seen it happen to white women. And in the sport of track and field, there are a lot of women who are like, you know, more built and buffer. And a lot of them are also white. But I never see them getting like criticized nearly as much as black women. Yeah, I just don't like, okay, so I'm naturally too powerful. (laughs) So you're afraid and you want to disqualify me. It's so disrespectful. And it's just, ugh. look, we talked about this like earlier with Casters and Menu and how like they made the rule so specific to target the 400 meter dash and like those races. It's just crazy. Yeah, so also like, I don't know, this bothered me, but in one of the articles we were looking at, like, the World Athletics, like, Association, they said that, like, the female classification is protected, Mm -hmm. and individuals who identify as female but have certain difference of sex development um, can pose a challenge to that protected category, and I'm like... What? Yeah. What? It's weird. I think what they're... Okay, what I think they're trying to say is that, like... The reason for splitting up men and women in the first place is because just, like, I don't know, men are naturally stronger. So yeah. trying to give women a chance to compete with each other and yeah. stuff like that. But, like, to say it's this protected category that that can't expand to cover actual women is just really weird to me. Yeah, that's terrible. And you know what? It's, it's not funny, but, like, what's funny is that, like, I see a lot of quotes of, like, white women responding and saying, like, it's not fair that I'm running against her and she's beating me. Like, she, it's not fair. Like, she's a man. And I'm like, okay. I just, what? Yeah. That is so problematic. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's natural. It's like their natural bodies. Just, right. Like, that's just, they're just better than you. Get over it. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah, that just, I read that and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's not even clear that testosterone, like, really helps you be that, like, much better yeah. as an athlete. So the fact that people are being um, right. disqualified for that is ridiculous. And, like, I feel like that's the case with a lot of rules that are being put in place that specifically target black women. Like, for example, the swim caps. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're called soul caps. And I don't know if you guys have seen, it was pretty big on Twitter, that they've been barred from the Olympics because 
basically Olympic officials don't believe elite athletes require caps of such a size. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I honestly just, it's nothing but pure institutional racism. Because Yeah, to clarify, the caps are just bigger so that mm-hmm. they can like hold in like bigger hair, which yeah, is... Afro hair. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. And you know, obviously, I, I don't see how that could give anyone an advantage. Right, wouldn't that slow you down? Yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy. And uh, more specifically, um, I'm quoting here. They said, to their best knowledge, to their knowledge, the athletes competing at international events never used nor required to use caps of such size and configuration. And that was their reasoning as to why they barred it from the Olympics. I think they're like still in the process of like investigating this, but the fact that they did it in general or yeah. at all is just so unnecessary. And Oof. yeah. And the um the founders of the Soul Cap or the of the brand, they responded and they said, We don't see this as a rejection, as a setback, but rather a chance to open up an important dialogue and make a difference. The response and support around this issue has been phenomenal and we hope it highlights the lack of diversity in aquatics and drives long term change in sporting rules. So I think that's just like another example of us having to go out of our way to advocate for social issues that shouldn't yeah. be here in the first place. And they were they were way too nice. I would have yeah. been like, the, the Olympics are racist. Yeah. Our swim caps aren't going to like help or hinder anyone. Mm-hmm. Like Let them use it. They were yeah. really nice about it. They were. I think they also were keeping in mind younger athletes who, you know, they thought would this would discourage them from wanting to like compete in professional sports. So I think mm-hmm. that's why they took the approach they did. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. But yeah, that's one thing. And then lastly, um, Shakari Richardson. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have heard. <laughs> she has been disqualified for um, cannabis, yeah. or in other words, weed. Yeah, and she was she received a one month suspension, which prevented her from competing in the Open 100 at the Olympics. And she had a chance to compete in the relays, but since her time was basically disqualified, her mm-hmm. time wasn't counted because... From the prelims. Yeah, because yeah. of the marijuana, she was not chosen. <laughs> so she won't be participating at all. I was so excited to watch her. Yeah. <laughs> and I... Yeah. <laughs> something oh, to say. <laughs> a lot of people were upset because, like, you know, it's only marijuana, and people were like, this is ridiculous, while... Other people were really criticizing her, saying, mm-hmm. like, you knew the rules. Like, why did you do this? But, you know, she mentioned that her biological mom had passed away before. Yeah. And she had found out in an unfortunate way. I think it was over the news or over I an think interview. she was being interviewed and yeah. someone mentioned it. Like, first off, why would you bring yeah, that up? <laughs> right? That's crazy. But that's why, she said that's why she had smoked the marijuana. And, you know, she accepted that she was wrong. She said, I know I was wrong. And I still decided to do it anyway. And I thought she handled it pretty well. And yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm human. Like, she was going right. through a really stressful time. She knew she shouldn't have done it. She did yeah. it anyway. I feel like we can all relate to that. Hers just happened to be something that everyone saw mm-hmm. on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. And just for some clarification, um, drugs are banned if they meet two criteria. If they enhance performance, pose a health risk, or violate the spirit of a sport. That's two of those three. <laughs> I like the spirit of a yeah, sport. Yeah, I don't even know what the heck that means. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. But apparently there's some research that suggests possibly marijuana could be a performance enhancing drug, but the research is so it's so not extensive yeah. <laughs> like at all and they need to do more research. But, you know, it happened to Michael Phelps too and he got like a 3 month suspension. I think. Yeah, I think it was 3 months. Yeah. His just unfortunately wasn't during like before um, any major competition, so okay. yeah, but it's really unfortunate. But like, yeah, I, I really I, like I can't explain how much I want to see Shakira compete. Same. But I think she'll. I think I mean she's gonna do other things, and I'm sure she'll try to qualify next yeah. time around. It's just a lot of years. Yeah. From now. And um, what was it? You were saying Biden was mm. talking a little bit about per like perhaps re that rule yeah i think he wanted to just like have the olympic committee like look at that rule again Mm -hmm. and just the drug rules in general and like re which is just i agree the weed rule should probably be changed Mm -hmm. but it feels really like american to be like oh they disqualified now and we need to look and change Mm -hmm. the rules it's a little weird it's just stupid also just the rules in general you know obviously like I mean, I don't want to say it's fair because I think it's stupid, but, like, if they did it to Michael Phelps, it's not fair for them to, like, let her off the hook. Mm-hmm. But something about the rules, well, they just mimic just drug laws in general yeah. and how their <laughs> marijuana is coupled up with, like, things like cocaine or MDMA as if they're nearly as uh, damaging. Right. Which is crazy, but... That's a whole nother conversation. Seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is what we wanted to add that we thought was really important mm-hmm. that we weren't able to get into our first recording. Yeah. So thank you for sticking with us again. Uh, yeah, again. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Peace. Got a ball head, Mr. Clean. Heard the big bags overseas, then we gon' go, go, go. Whoa, whoa. I press the button.